Crown of Thorns by Iris Bluefick Chapter 65 For Morning At the sound of her doorbell, Pippa startled awake. Mid-morning of a Monday wasn't unheard of for a guest to pop by, especially not if her boys were bored. Ignoring Tom's circling and plaintive mewling, she pushed herself out of Harold's armchair and fetched her cane from the side table. The transition from winter to spring was rougher this year, an ache in her hip that wouldn't fade. Rather than Crowley on her doorstep, she found a pale yet unmistakably eager-looking Sophia. Miss Saturday, didn't I? she said, shaking a pair of new washing-up gloves. You must be drowning in dishes and dust. I've kept up the dishes, love, Pippa said, ushering her inside. But I won't deny that the dust bunnies have got a mind of their own. Poor Tom's outnumbered. You little creeper, come here, Sophia said, snatching the cat before he could pounce on her feet. <coughs> Tom protested, but he butted his pretty, distinctively marked head beneath her chin. Bless. Pippa said, making her slow but steady way over to the table. Fancy some tea first? Nah, I'm good, Sophia said, setting Tom on the table so she could shed her coat. Breakfast didn't sit well. Pippa thought again about what day it was and how unusual Sophia's presence truly seemed. If you called off work, why in the world are you turning up here? She said. Go home. Rest. Oh, I didn't call it off, Sophia said dismissively, scratching beneath Tom's silky chin. I quit. Frowning, Pippa got up and went to put the kettle on anyway. This wasn't about cleaning, not at all, and she'd be damned if she didn't lend the girl her ear. She'd suss the problem out. Not the best thing, maybe, she said cautiously, fetching the jar of tea bags. Given it's only been months since they took you on paid as it is. They're paying me shite, Pip, Sophia said angrily. I'm making better off the freelance. All that writing and such, Pippa asked, dropping a bag in each mug. The short stories? Columns, too, Sophia said, letting Tom leap to the floor. Politics, opinion, you name it. Pippa clicked the kettle on, soothed by the vibrant blue light that let her know it was working. I suppose that husband of yours is doing well enough, she said. Took a formal spot in your father's new entrepreneurial project, is it? You have to remember Mum's got the device fortune, Sophia said. They value normal lives, though, which is why Mum's gone on working all these years, and so has Dad. Modest house in the suburbs and all that. They've raised fine girls, all three of you, Pippa said, watching bubbles rise. Sensible. Kind. Oh, I'm not sensible, said Sophia moodily. Just lucky. You never know when it'll run out. Letting a minute of silence hang between them, Pippa pulled the kettle off and filled the mugs. She left her cane propped against the counter and carried both over to the table, determined that this should be a show of capable authority. Something was the matter. Life's been weighing heavy on us all since Ivan up and walked out, 
she said, settling in her chair, pushing the sugar bowl at Sophia. It's been a terrible fortnight. Mandy's taking it harder than most. Not very well. Sophia sighed, politely declining the sugar with a wave of her hand. She brought the mug up to her lips, hesitating. I feel helpless. Pippa sugared her tea, set her spoon aside, and then reached over to pat Sophia's free hand. You went through worse once upon a time, she said consolingly. So did I. We're still here. Sophia bit her lip and finally took a sip of tea, as if it pained her to do so. Pip, about that. Four years next month, I know, Pippa said gently, squeezing Sophia's fingers. It'll sting. No, it's... Sophia shook her head, took a longer swallow, and set her mug down. But more. Something prescient stirred in the depths of Pippa's mind, something she'd never given credence until a remarkable young man and his stubborn partner had turned up in the village she called home. There was cause and consequence, false hope and free will. She'd seen it all. Abruptly, Sophia coughed into her hand, muttering apologies as she pushed away from the table. Pippa caught up with her at the sink, clear of dishes, and rubbed Sophia's back as she retched. Oh, dear heart, she said quietly, keeping the girl on her feet. How long have you known? A little over twenty-four hours, Sophia gasped. I didn't mean to tell anybody this soon. Who have you told? Pippa asked gently, steadying her through another vicious coughing fit. You know how Uriel is uncanny. Sophia spat, holding her hair back. She guessed. Am I to assume your family knows? Mum and Dad and your sisters? Pippa prodded patiently. Sophia nodded, eyes tightly shut as she turned on the tap. Not Adam. He is away till tonight. Then you'd best tell him when he gets in, Pippa said. What about my nosy lads up the road? Sophia drank a handful of water, opened her eyes, and forcefully slammed the lever back down. No, she said, with a pensive, heavy slump of the shoulders. Not even them. Not just yet. They're as much family to you as I am, Pippa replied, handing her a tea towel. Why? Sophia remained tight-lipped as Pippa guided her back to the table and settled her into her seat. They took it hard, she said, haltingly. Four years ago, back when I tried to, when I lost. And you want to make sure you're out of the woods first, said Pippa sagely. I understand. Do you know, Sophia said, fingering the handle of her mug, that I'll be due in late August. Pippa's breath caught. The coincidence with Harold's passing... The jolt of it was tremendous. Make it to the 25th, she said, and we'll have mourning and joy in equal measure. Crown of Thorns will continue in Chapter 66.